It's Free Talk Live, live Sunday edition of the program. You can dial in toll-free. You can bring up anything that you want and take control of the airwaves with you in the studio tonight. It's me, Ian. Me, Johnny Ray. And Daryl. We can accept your Skype calls as well. You can Skype in at username lrn.fm. As usual, there's interesting stuff worth talking about in the news, but of course, you can bring up anything that you want. Coming up, a very important court decision about the Snuggie. Yes. Yes, we will discover what a judge has ruled a Snuggie actually is according to the court system, according to Legal Land. And also we'll discover why the courts even had to get involved in this <laughs> in the first place. Are yeah. there are, are there uh, jeggings or nerts involved, Daryl? Uh, not What are those things? A nerd is a not a shirt. I'm not, I'm going to have to look this one up. A, a jegging is a jeans uh, legging. Yeah, so there's a series of videos called The Problem with Jeggings. Okay. And they're absolutely hilarious. Uh, Not fit for broadcast on the radio, but they're absolutely hilarious. And then when I heard you guys talking about Snuggies, since Daryl and I had together enjoyed these uh, Jeggings videos, I had to bring it up. Yes. So the uh, the nerd appears to be just a see-through (laughs) t-shirt. It's a Sadly. yeah, not a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, so anyway, we'll get into that coming up here in a little bit. Also, chapter thirteen, which we've been promising for weeks and haven't actually gotten to in economics in one lesson that is still on tap here as we've been a little derelict in our duties. I think of- we can I think we can kind of just bulldoze through it. It's it's a very strange um Subject right, well, matter in this. In what's this the chapter. what's the subject, uh, Johnny Ray? Parity pricing. Parity pricing. So we'll get into that. And of course, you can take control of the airwaves here at eight fifty five four fifty free. But since we're talking about economic stuff, Daryl, there was a story that you had about Americans and their household debt load, which yes. is not going in the right direction. Correct. Uh, unless unless you value debt. Right. If you're one of the people that thinks that debt is good, then yes, it's going in the right direction. I suppose if you're a loan officer at a bank, then uh, you know this makes you happy. But According to a report from the Federal Reserve Bank of New York, total household debt in the United States climbed to a near record $12.58 trillion at the end of 2016. The report earlier this month, 33-page report, the quarterly report of household debt and credit shows that every category of debt measured saw an increase that includes mortgages, credit cards, student loans, and auto loans. The total increase of $460 billion in 2016 was the largest increase in a decade. Mm. Mortgage balances now at $8.48 trillion made up 67% of household debt. Mm -hmm. At the current rate of growth, household debt is expected to break the record high from 2008 of $12.68 trillion. Wow. The year, that being 2008, was marked by the start of a recession. Yep. So and that was right around the, the sometime, bailout. They're expecting sometime this year that household debt in the U.S. will cross what it was in 2008. Not good. Not good at all. And one has to wonder, does this mean that there's another bubble? 
Well, um, in which area? The real estate area? The schooling? Multiple bubbles, perhaps? I mean, I think most people are looking and saying that student loans is the next bubble. Mm-hmm. It's the next one that's going to burst. But of course, you know, there could be bubbles in all kinds of things. They're saying that mortgages, which are almost eight and a half trillion dollars, make up two thirds of all household debt. Right. The report indicates that mortgages still make up the bulk of household debt, but that student loans are now 10% of total debt. Okay. Auto loans are 9%, and credit card debt is 6%. Dollar amounts rose in each category in the fourth quarter of 2016. The rising debt indicates that banks are extending more credit to households. A major difference between 2008 and 2016 debt levels, according to the report, is that fewer delinquencies were reported at the end of 2016 than in 2008. So people today are more likely to be paying the debts? Than they were in 2008, so they have more of them, but there are also fewer delinquencies? Yes. In the fourth quarter of 2016, 4.8% of debts were regarded as delinquent or late payments, Mm -hmm. compared with 8.5% of such debt in the third quarter of 2008. That actually sounds kind of promising. I mean, it's not good that uh, people are taking on more debt, in my opinion, but at the very least, if they're making payments, that uh, things could be worse, I suppose. It could be worse, and I'm curious what the population growth has been over the last eight years. Because has per capita debt gone up precipitously, or is it just that there's more people with debt so it's spread out a little bit further than what it was a decade ago. I mean, could it really change that much over a decade? I I, I guess don't it know. Could. I I really don't know. There are a lot of millennials, aren't there? A lot of millennials. There's also you know more people moving into the United States. The population is definitely larger now than it was a decade ago. But the That's question true. is, by how much? Mm-hmm. The article here from UPI concludes there were also 200,000 fewer consumer bankruptcies reported in the fourth quarter of 2016, a 4% decline compared to the fourth quarter of 2015. So does this affect you guys? I mean, are you taking on uh, more debt? Is this something you can personally relate to or are you about on par, no debt whatsoever? I mean, if you want to reveal any of that information, obviously. I'm super debt averse. Me too. Uh, I don't take... I, I, don't think i have really any debt at all my car's paid off that was my one um thing that i had borrowed money okay. on and that's paid off now Good. uh how, so, how many years have you had that paid off for i just paid it off i think at the beginning of last year good feeling yeah yeah um so so for me personally i i don't take it on but i think that i'm missing out on the american experience a little bit by not trying to leverage my way into a home or something like that like the home with a white picket fence uh fancier car that kind of thing or yeah what? Uh, well america's greatest export i think is american dollars mm-hmm. and so as an american i should maybe uh, try and get my hands on some more than than I'm making. If you want to export American dollars, you could go to eBay, 
find somebody from Venezuela that is selling Bolivar Fuerte yeah. and then buy it at a tremendous markup, but then you're helping someone in Venezuela be able to afford to eat. Uh-huh. And yeah, it's basically a charity. That? It's just, it would be charity. Yeah, that would be why. Um, so I, this is something that obviously does affect a lot of people. I mean, Daryl, you seem like a pretty frugal guy. I yes. don't... I don't get the feeling that uh, you're in too much debt, if at all. I have not taken out a loan since I paid off the car that I sold for Bitcoin. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I can't relate either. I've gotten into debt in the past to buy houses, but have done, you know, as much as I could to pay them off as quickly as possible. Um, and I buy by no means any kind of monetary expert or, I guess... What are they? Uh, financial planner or whatever, right? But I do know enough to try to not get into debt because I feel like that is one of the worst things that you can possibly do to yourself is be you know, leveraged against and have to pay somebody for the privilege of using their money. I mean, you're not getting anything out of it except for what a new TV set, a new car, all these things. But do you really need those things? And I, I you know, I wonder if we looked at people's debt loads. What kind of stuff they're buying with all of this debt? Is it the fancy car, the big old big screen TV? Uh, you know, the what luster, are we talking about? The luster fades on those purchases pretty sure quickly. Does. The toll-free number here, 855-450-FREE, 855-450-3733. You can take control of the airwaves. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free here, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Also, Skype in. It's Skype username LRN.FM. We're talking about some disturbing new levels of household debt, almost to a record, but not quite. Uh, The record apparently was set back in 2008, right around the time when the uh, recession started. And right around the time when the bailouts, if I recall correctly, were happening as well. And so uh, Daryl has that story. Of course, you can share your thoughts with us here. Our number is 855-450-FREE. And we were talking about uh, debt as sort of a bad spending habit. Obviously, there's some debt that can be like constructive, I think. So like if you are, you know, you want to stay in a place and you know you like that place as far as area of, right. of land, uh, then buying a house there rather than paying rent, in a lot of cases, makes sense. I mean, some could argue it doesn't make as much sense in uh, these economic times as it, as it has in the past. But buying a house can generally lower your monthly payment that you would be normally paying towards rent, and it goes to pay off your uh, debt on the house rather than paying off your landlord's debt. So in the long run, if you're planning on staying in a place... To me, it makes sense to do something like that. I consider that to be a kind of constructive type of debt. I've heard before that unless you plan on staying in that location for at least, and I've heard both of these numbers, five and ten years, then it does not make sense to buy unless you plan on being there for longer. For a long time. I'm saying if you plan on staying somewhere, then buying a house makes sense. If you think you might be flipping to a different town or moving because of a job or whatever, then it makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, Whereas people used to before the recession, 
uh, before the bubble burst on the real estate market, they used to be able to buy a house and then flip it a few years later and actually make money because the prices of real estate continued to go up for a time until it didn't anymore. (laughs) So there's no guarantees uh, in the future. But one thing's for sure, if you are going to stay in a place, then it does make sense to go ahead and start paying off a a mortgage rather than paying a landlord's mortgage. Right. Um, So that that kind of debt can be helpful because it can ultimately reduce your monthly costs, ideally. Right. So I get that. But to just like, you know, buy big screen TV sets or... You know, but other crap you don't need, like a luxury sedan or whatever. We're talking about the unnecessary things. Well, and in not life. everybody that takes out an auto loan is buying a luxury car. No doubt, some people just don't have the you know like five or seven thousand dollars lying around to go yep. buy a used car. So that's need true. To take out an you auto can get, loan. You, you can get used cars for five hundred dollars. Yeah, but they're going to have problems. I mean, if you get a five hundred dollars used car, you better have a few grand set aside and, for repairs. And not as unless many you get now. a really ugly one. <laughs> not as many now as several like years Darryl's ago car. because of the cash for clunkers thing. Daryl's car doesn't go anywhere. It's broken. It probably so. costs more than five hundred dollars too. I was yes, just ragging on Daryl. So what were you saying about cash for clunkers? I'm sorry. The cash for clunkers wound up taking a lot of those five hundred and thousand dollar cars off, off the, the market. Because what happened, people would go trade in a car, mm-hmm. get a guaranteed like $3,000 down payment on something, and the catch was that those cars that got traded in under cash for clunkers had to be destroyed. Yeah. Unless you are an auto mechanic who loves to tinker, then a $500 car is likely going to be a problem um, you know, right out the gate. Yes. There are, that's the reason why they're selling it so cheap is because it's got serious problems and, you know, they may not even know how many problems that it has. Right. All right. Well, I maintain that you can get a good, uh, dependable, reliable automobile for a fraction of this $5,000 that, uh, Daryl's banding about. I think it depends. I think if you spend a thousand dollars on a car, if you shop right, then you can get one that is maybe banged up and stuff, yeah. but like an old Honda Civic or something that will last for many years to come. You, you might be able to buy a car from, you know, somebody's grandma that never drove anywhere but she had a car right. just in case she ever had to you know like it depends drive somewhere that's why i say it depends on the circumstances of who you're buying the car from what the story is uh, behind the car i would agree with you johnny ray it is possible uh, but the lower you get in price the more difficult that possibility uh, becomes but nonetheless i mean are people buying things they don't need of course they are yes uh, because there is a consumer kind of mentality in the united states and some things you need, some things you don't. Now, some things will make your life better, and they don't cost a whole lot. Like my pillow, you go to mypillow.com, use code FTL, and you'll get a my pillow at half price or two for the price of one. It's a great pillow because it actually fits to the shape of your body and holds your neck in the proper position. If you can actually get some good sleep out of getting a my pillow, it's worth every penny uh, that you'll pay for it. And again, they're not really that expensive at all. So you go to MyPillow.com and use code FTL to get one at half price. Plus, you can wash it. If you need to, you can put it in the washer and the dryer. It's designed for that. It's also guaranteed to last for 10 years. So 10-year warranty plus a 60-day money-back guarantee. If you're not satisfied with MyPillow for whatever reason, you can just send it back to MyPillow.com and they'll give you your purchase price back. So really very low risk here. Uh, MyPillow.com. Use code FTL like free talk live. All right. So we're talking about household debt. And if you want to share your experience with 
getting in and out of debt, uh, you're certainly welcome to do that. Of course, there's also the bankruptcy process, which a friend of ours actually went through a few months ago. And that's an interesting thing because it basically just... No, we don't know Donald Trump, okay. but uh, used to, a, a former co-host of the show. I won't say who it, who it was, uh, but that's an interesting thing because you're basically using this financial system to clear away all of your debts. And after seven years, I guess you can start rebuilding uh, your credit. So, of course, that's what a lot of people end up doing is just spending like crazy and, you know, using the benefits of this debt-based money system and then just using the kind of the system to make it all go away. But then there are certain things that if you file bankruptcy, they still don't go away. So student student loans loans. never go away. Right. That seven-year thing, I think that's biblical. Is that right? Yeah, the the uh, the concept of the jubilee year, <laughs> I believe, was something that came around every seven years, and debts were forgiven on that year. I uh, you know I don't I don't really like the idea of bankruptcy, but then again, it is a debt based system, so it's just part of the crazy system that we're saddled with here. I mean, the right, but you do like the idea of forgiveness. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I like forgiveness, but also, you know, people should pay somebody what they owe them. Right. <laughs> you know, forgiveness makes sense to a point, uh, but generally you Voluntary don't want to... forgiveness. Right, right. And, and bankruptcy is forced, forced forgiveness. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, being able to choose to forgive somebody's debts is something completely different than having the government force you uh, to forgive those debts. And of course, there's a difference between forgiving somebody and trusting the person again. So right. I can forgive somebody who's made mistakes, but if they made mistakes with a loan and they don't show any kind of fiscal responsibility, forgiveness doesn't mean that they get to come back and get more loans, right? So right. that's an important distinction. Uh, if you want to join us, you can hear the live Sunday edition that continues on Free Talk Live. Our toll-free number is 855 855- 453. That's 855 450 3733. Coming up, the Snuggie. This is a, it was marketed as a clothing, a piece of clothing, but some were arguing it's actually, in point of fact, a blanket. And the courts, or at least one court, has now decided in the United States. Is yes. that right? And we'll explain to you why Daryl's got that story on the way. Plus, you can take control of the airwaves here on Free Talk Live. The Libertarian Party of New Hampshire is having its 2017 annual convention March 18th from 2 to 9 p.m. at the Holiday Inn in Concord, New Hampshire. The banquet dinner will feature speakers Matt Phillips, president of the Free State Project, and keynote speaker Carla Howell, political director for the National Libertarian Party. Tickets for the convention and banquet are less than $60 and must be purchased before March 1st. Go to lpnh.org convention for more information or to buy tickets. That's lpnh.org convention. It's Free Talk Live. Dial toll-free here and take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything that you want. Live Sunday edition of the program with you tonight. It's Ian. Oh, sorry, Johnny Ray. Try that again. Johnny Ray. And Daryl. Okay, so, uh, yeah, you can take control here. 855-450-FREE. 855-450-3733. Skype username is lrn.fm. Coming up, uh, we should get into the the book. We should get into economics in one lesson. We've been putting it off and putting it off since we're talking about economic stuff. It seems like as good of a time as any uh, to do that. Chapter 13, Parity Pricing, P-A-R-I-T-Y, Parity Pricing. Uh, we'll get into that here as opposed to parody, which would be a different kind of price. 
855 free and Skype username LRN.FM. Let's go to Will. He's in Virginia, though. Will, you're on Free Talk Live, listening online via TuneIn. Go ahead. Hey, what's up, Ian? How are you guys doing tonight? Oh, it's Will Coley from Muslims for Liberty. Doing good. Yeah, yeah. I'm on my way home from the International Students for Liberty Conference. Uh-huh. Uh, just uh, about 130 miles north of Knoxville, headed home. So I saw on Facebook that you actually had some problems there at uh, ISFLC. Yeah, I kind of wanted to clear the air on a a more uh, national scale, I guess you could say, and kind of let okay. people know what really happened. Um, what ha- I, what, I mean, what out. happened allegedly versus what really happened? Well, what I'm talking well, about I'm, is probably not what Will is talking about. I saw that apparently for the first time at a Liberty event ever, you had some merchandise go missing. Uh-oh. Yeah, about $500 worth of T-shirts were stolen last night. Oh, my night. God. Uh, about, uh, I want to say, 15 or 20 of the legalized gay marijuana shirts and probably the same amount of our taxation as theft shirts were all stolen in the middle of the night. Wow. Now, are we talking, uh, this is like a hotel convention style event, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. the hotel normally will lock a door to, no. you know, no? No security of any kind, yeah. Wow. Uh, Usually, yeah. like, a vendor area is behind some sort of closed door that can be locked at a, uh, during nighttime. I'm sorry to hear that that wasn't the case. But normally at a libertarian event, you expect people are going to be a little better than average as far as their likelihood to commit some sort of theft or crime yep. like this. And it's certainly been my case that, like, in the Porcupine Freedom Festival, when we used to go there for many years, Free Talk Live would go there and we'd live, leave all our broadcast equipment sitting out, you know, a mixer and nice pairs of headphones. Uh, nobody ever took any of that. And they, well, they, five, five years, five years now of doing uh, vending at Liberty events. And we, we do the honor system at all the events that we go to. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time that we've had, because, you know, I mean, five years, five or six events a year. So in 30 events, basically, we've had products stolen from us once. And it's a pretty good uh, ratio there, you know, <laughs> but it's still an unfortunate that it did happen uh, at a libertarian event. That's I bad. Do you think from- that you were targeted or was you know, because you're a Muslim uh, or were there? Were there- no, it's because I have awesome T-shirts. Well, yeah, but I mean, for all you know, they went and they you know threw them in the garbage. I mean, if they show up on eBay, then that'll be something. But um, did well, anybody they would have else taken the Muslims for Liberty shirts too? If they were going to throw them in the garbage, the only oh. thing that was left on the table was our Muslims for Liberty T-shirt. Okay, that's interesting. All of our peace shirts and pro gun, all of that stuff was all taken. All that was left on the table were the Muslim shirts. Wow, that's very interesting. All right, so yeah, it's probably so, not because of that. Now, was there anybody else that you know of that was also struck? Were there any other vendors? No. So no, there yours. was another vendor that said he had a couple of books that disappeared, but he figured that people just assumed they were free, like they mm. were on other tables. But we had a sign up that very clearly stated, Pricing. Uh, T-shirts are $10. This is an honor system. I don't trust the government, but I do trust you. Put the money in the box. And, you know. But, you know, things happen. Yeah, I'm but, sorry uh, to hear yeah, about that. It's, it is what it is, you know. We'll uh, so to be more take careful. the money that we made and reinvest, and then go to the next festival and make our money back, and hopefully uh, just keep moving on. Uh, are you uh, going to start? Actually, are you going to start boxing stuff up from now on? Uh, just to be a little bit more careful, or are you going to keep riding? You know, letting it ride. Uh, um, you know what? I think we're going to continue to do do things the way that we've always done them. Yeah. You know, 
it's we're not going to allow this. If it happens again, then we'll start boxing, boxing stuff up. But yeah. I'm not going to lose my trust in the Liberty community as a whole because I went to an event with a bunch of college college kids and came and took some of my stuff in the middle of the night. You know, uh, now is this what kids, is this event? IFSLC. Uh, what is it again? The International Students for Liberty Conference. They bring Liberty activists, ISF. students for Liberty activists, okay. from all over the globe. Now, how many of these people are spot. actual libertarians? Because wasn't there some fascist uh, that was at this conference that's uh, been bubbling up with some controversy? Because I guess the fascist guy, uh, the alt right, this alt right guy named Richard Spencer, who I'd never heard of before, but he's getting all kinds of press now because they threw him out of the conference. Uh, apparently. Well, actually, what really happened, he asked security to escort him out. He wasn't ejected. Everyone who, he, not him, everyone that was in the bar that was engaged in the conversation was told to leave. I was actually physically grabbed by a member of security from behind. Hmm. So, and Richard was never touched by security. So, to give the impression publicly that he was somehow accosted or physically thrown off the property by the hotel security is a gross misrepresentation of the facts. So security came because he set up his little thing. He came, he showed up uninvited to a private event. I thought that he was invited. Did he have a ticket? No. He did not have a ticket. He was not a paid registered member. Claim, he was not an invited I, I saw that apparently he claimed to have been invited by the Hoppian Caucus. Uh, that being named after Hans Hermann Hoppe, the guy that the guy that wrote the book yeah. that we're reading. No, no, four, no that's four, Trump, four Trump supporters got four Trump supporters got together at the conference, created a caucus while they were there, and then started promoting that he would come. So, I mean, you can call that a caucus if you'd like to. You know, throwing together four people. But to I, call I just want to be clear that this guy did not have a ticket. He didn't have a speaking engagement officially with the event. He was neither a registered. He was not a registered attendee, nor, nor was, was he a registered, he a registered speaker or a sponsor or, a or a vendor. So where was he? No. He was in a bar. He set up a table, uh-huh. from what I heard. Of yeah, he, he here's went just in my and set table. Up a table at the hotel bar. Okay. Now to give you a little geography of, of the bar, the doorway of the bar on the left side of the doorway of the bar is where he set his table up. On the right side of the doorway of the bar is where the security officer's kiosk is. So he set his little thing up right next to the security kiosk. Mm -hmm. And every time the volume got a little loud, security would come over and say, you guys need to keep it down. And then as the crowd grew, the volume kept going up. And eventually, uh, when Jeffrey Tucker came down and basically called him a fascist and a troll and then walked away, the volume of the crowd went up again, and the security of the hotel said everybody has to go. Now, what what uh, what was he there doing? Was he speaking to a crowd of he people? He was being a troll. He was. He came in. Um, basically, uh, myself and two other libertarians spent about forty seven minutes confronting and challenging his philosophy pointing out the moral inconsistencies of it with libertarianism, mm-hmm. uh, basically trying to force him to admit that he supports violence against others, that he's too cowardly to commit himself. I see. Uh, I, I challenged him when he said he supported 
not just Trump's Muslim ban, quote unquote, but a full ban on all Muslims coming into the country. I said, I, I challenged him and said, then I would like you to come and tell my two children that are here with me why it is okay for men with guns to prevent their grandparents from coming to see them because to satiate your bigotry. And he wasn't particularly happy about that. And then there was another person that went in and another round of discussion and then another round of discussion. And we were having a discussion. Uh, people were confronting his views, confronting his ideas. So is that why it was getting loud? Bar. Because people were yelling at one another? Was the bar already well, loud? So people felt they we needed had, to... We had about 40 people in a group. Mm-hmm. When you put for when you put forty people in a room, even talking to each other, it gets very very yeah, loud. Hold that thought. Will Coley's with us from Muslims for Liberty. Uh, what I also want to know is, after this conflict with this fascist guy, is that when the shirts got stolen? Was it the same night? It's Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. The toll-free number here, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Also, Skype on in here at username lrn.fm. Joining you in studio tonight, it's Ian. Johnny Ray. And Daryl. Of course, if you support Free Talk Live and you like what we're doing, talking about the ideas of liberty and peace on a nightly basis, seven nights a week, we're live. Uh, The only show doing it on more than 150 radio stations from coast to coast in the United States, internationally on two satellite channels, and, of course, streaming online via podcast. If you support what we're doing, then please amp the show at amp.freetalklive.com. It is because of support of listeners directly is why we are, how successful we are, why we're on all of the stations that we're on. I mean, it's every now and then our network will bring us a station or two, but it's pretty rare. Most of those stations were gotten by me and Daryl doing the the actual day-to-day work of calling these radio stations, following up with them, and working uh, with people in the industry to promote Free Talk Live, to get us out there into program directors' minds, so when they're looking at making changes to their radio station, they think about us. And you can help make that possible for $5 a month and get perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, the AMP-only podcast, which doesn't have the normal commercials that a regular podcast does, as well as the AMP-only Facebook group. Probably the only reason I continue to use Facebook. Uh, So go to amp.freetalklive.com to get signed up there. And you can get interactive uh, with the other amplifiers on the Facebook group. It's a nice little perk. And, of course, the best thing is it helps us for 5 bucks a month. I mean, it's the price of a cup of coffee, a hamburger. This is not a whole lot to help us spread the ideas of liberty. So please go to amp.freetalklive.com. As we continue here, we've got Will Coley with us. He's in Virginia and uh, actually on his way back from the International Students for Liberty Conference I guess that is ISFLC, and you were, where was it, in D.C., Will? Yeah, yeah, we were in Washington, D.C., the belly of the beast. Yuck. Um, sorry, you had to, sorry you had to be there. How big is this conference? Are we talking like 1,000 people, 5,000? Oh, uh, yeah, easily, easily. Easily 1,000? Um, easily 1,000. There were a lot, a lot of people there. <laughs> 
So um, I think that, you know, what happened, and I've actually got a brief clip here. Apparently there's like a 40-minute video, but it looks like School Sucks Podcast has boiled it down to about 2 minutes and 45 seconds uh, on their YouTube channel. They uh, It's called Jeffrey Tucker versus Richard Spencer. Now, Tucker, longtime listeners of the show will know, has been a, actually a guest host here on Free Talk Live with us from some of these events. So, so if we're broadcasting at an Liberty event. Liberty yeah, Forum, Fest. If he's there, he'll usually sit in with us for an hour or two, uh, sometimes for a whole show. And then uh, Richard Spencer, I'd never heard of the guy before the last 48 hours. I only heard of him a couple After weeks ago punched. because he got punched. <laughs> And, you know, there there's a big thing of, ah, punching Nazis is now a fun activity. So, uh, apparently, Richard Spencer, according to you, Will, was actually in the hotel bar at this conference. He was not a guest speaker for the event. He was just sort of unofficially there as somebody who was in a hotel bar. He didn't even have a ticket to the event. So, I mean, technically, in the hotel. Right. Technically, anybody who wants to go into a hotel bar and drink can usually do that in, in most hotels. And so I guess he had a few supporters that were at the conference who had invited him to come and speak to them at this hotel bar, which resulted in a uh, an open-air debate between you and some other libertarians who'd come in there to challenge this person. Um, ultimately, then Jeffrey Tucker comes in at some point, and this is what transpires. Now, I've I've listened to a little bit of this. I don't believe there's anything that we can't put on the radio, um, but I'm only going to play a little bit because I don't know what comes after the, the amount that I've actually listened to. I imagine the uh, tempers were flaring during this conflict, and I'm sure that there is going to be some un-FCC-friendly language at some point in this clip. So here we go. I think fascists are not welcome at an anti-fascist <laughs> Not welcome. Not welcome. Liberty is about human dignity, about liberty for all, and not about fascism. You know the only reason you're here because of public accommodation laws. Otherwise, you'd be thrown out immediately. All right. So that's as far as I've uh, you know gone through here. Well, you were there for this whole thing. You were there before Jeffrey Tucker showed up. Uh, I was standing three feet away from Jeffrey when he said that. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so what happened then? What happened after uh, the, the clip? After that, there was something said about uh, uh, Jeff, Jeffrey being hypocritical because he, quote-unquote, supports the deep state. Uh, what is that? To which I re- uh, exactly. Uh, to which I responded, that's kind of funny coming from someone who themselves supports state violence. The only difference in you... And the the guy that punched you in the face, the liberal that punched you in the face, is at least the liberal that punched you in the face isn't too big of a coward to get his own hands dirty. <laughs> You're you are too you yourself, on the other hand, are a coward because you want violence. You just prefer to have the state commit that violence on your behalf. Right. Now, this is and, a guy who, as I understand it, he's one of these uh white supremacists. They call themselves race realists. That's the new code word for uh, yeah. white supremacy. And this person uh, is, you know, one who believes that essentially the his society should be emptied of people who are a different color than him. Is that right? Either that or that the government should forcefully segregate multicultural pluralist societies like America, uh-huh. and only whites can live in this state. Only Hispanics can live in this place. Only. You know, Arabs can live here. He wants if he can't have a purely Eurocentric uh, America, he wants an America that is starkly 
segregated through the use of government violence. Did it, as if you could precisely define if it were he would prefer if it were voluntary, but he openly says he's totally cool with the state's violence is, the, is what is necessary to create that. Obviously, you can't d- define somebody's race these days. Um, it, it doesn't really exist. People are too mixed up. But I just wanted to interject uh, to you gentlemen that the deep state is it's different depending on who you're talking to. I first encountered the term on Lou Rockwell's aggre- aggregating um, news website mm-hmm. and and then it was the deep state was sort of a mysterious uh, undercurrent in the U.S. federal government that was based not on the mechanics and the and the um, the the way that government is supposed to work on paper, but but more by tradition and personalities and stuff. Is it sort of like the black ops kind of government where their money's off the books? It's being run by the uh, There's elites. There's a book titled "The Deep State" that I just found trying okay. to find a definition for the term. Uh, the book is The Deep State, The Fall of the Constitution, and the Rise of a Shadow Government. A shadow government. Okay, we've heard of that term before, and, the shadow government. And and lately... These are um, the unelected, unaccountable people who supposedly pull the strings behind the scenes. The globalist. Um, the, but the Trump coalition, um, they seem to, when they're talking about the deep state, it seems like they're talking about, like... Um, Bureaucrats, unelected bureaucrats, or hmm. or the judges that might defy Trump's orders. These are people who are embedded in the state, and they're not subject to the popular will of the voter, and and they are the new deep state. I guess I just can't envision Jeffrey Tucker supporting any kind of state. I mean, I don't know the man uh, very well, but from the time that we've had him on the air, he seemed to be a very principled libertarian. Is this just a smear on the side of these uh, fascist, racist people? That, you know, are they just smearing him with that? Or is there any kind of evidence that Tucker's in support of a secret state? There was a comment comment that he made where he said um, basically something to the effect that he never knew that the state under Trump would be so bad that it made the deep state look good or something to that effect, Hmm. mocking Trump. I see. And that was, you know, was a joke. Turned into right. Oh, look, Jeffrey Tucker supports the state. Well, we're going to let you get back to. Uh, sounds like the family's uh, needing you over there. Thanks for the call, man. Yeah. I pre- appreciate hearing from you. Drive safe, okay? You take care. Thanks for the call, man. That's Will Coley from Muslims. The number four liberty dot org. You can go and learn more about him there. Uh, talking about this conflict between Jeffrey Tucker, Will Coley, and other libertarians versus this troll who arguably was successful. Uh, This Richard Spencer is his name, a.k.a. Dick. Uh, Dick was a very successful troll in my... You know, by my understanding, because I think that he got exactly what he wanted out of this. He wanted likely... He got attention. Yeah, he wanted likely this conflict. He wanted this attention. We heard of him for the first time because of this situation. Had Will and Jeffrey and the other libertarians who went down there to challenge this guy... Had they just left him alone with his, what, handful maybe of supporters? He's sitting there with a few couple guys with like Trump hats on at this table. 
Had they left left him there? From what I heard, though, he had some kind of banner on the table that made people think that he was there as an official part of the event. I see. 855, 450 free. But my point is, if they'd ignored him, I bet you he wouldn't have gotten half the press. We just got our new Rye Guys t-shirts. I chose the Power Corrupt shirt and the I'm Already Against the Next War shirt. These quality shirts look good and feel good, and they feature clever, thought-provoking designs to promote freedom, peace, and healthy skepticism of modern mythologies. The Rye Guys donate a portion of Proceeds to antiwar.com and the Future of Freedom Foundation. Enter coupon code FTL at checkout to get 15% off your order. That's ryguys.com. W-R-Y-Guys.com. Ryguys.com. It's a rye wit for today's shit. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves. Our number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. And you can Skype into the show at Skype username LRN.FM. Joining you in studio tonight, it's Ian. Johnny Ray. And Daryl. We're going to go right into your calls. But coming up, we still have to talk about economics in one lesson. Uh, We've been going through it chapter by chapter, sometimes slower than one per week, but that's kind of what we've been shooting for. Chapter 13 is what we've been actually supposed to have done for the last couple of weeks. And I think we're going to actually get to it here tonight. But your calls and thoughts come first. So to the phones we go. Uh, Let's talk first to Dale in northern Michigan, listening to WCHT. Hey, Dale. Hey, how you doing, brother? Welcome, sir. You're on the air. Hey, I got a, I got a, you know, I'm kind of disappointed because uh, I listened to your program and one of you said that you know don't talk, don't trust Trump he's going to do no good for you. Then you got this guy on there that's all for these Muslims and stuff like this and everything else. You know, I mean, I just want to know. I mean, what did he do to you guys ever to you guys to talk like that? Well, he's a politician, so... He's a president, and he wants to take my money. He wants to take about half of what I make. Yeah, you shouldn't trust politicians. No, he don't. No, 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 no. No, he don't. No, he don't, okay? He's trying to get this country out of a meat grinder that your so-called King Hussein Obama put us in, okay? That's what he did. We weren't supportive of President Obama. Obama's Obama's a thief, too. Well, then you must be one of those Democrat losers. You know, should I I, I get you guys some Play-Doh and color and crayons and books and stuff? Have you ever listened to this show before? Is this your first time listening to Free Talk Live? I've caught it every now and then, but I... I, I, So we were anti. If we just told you, you had an eighty-two-year-old young lady on there was talking about you know immigrants and Spanish. Trust me. All right. No, no, no. Listen to this. We got the biggest terrorist town in Lower Michigan that you can ever imagine. All those seven countries that are on that list, they're down there. Okay. <laughs> Do you want a ticking time bomb in your a backyard? Terrorist that town. Thing, I don't. I don't want it. Are you okay? talking about what was it, Dearborn or something the like that? Ninth Circuit Court. All they did was gave them guys the okay to come over here and start killing us. Okay. Okay, let's slow down for just a moment here, because you've covered a lot of ground. No, we are listening to you, but we're also going to have a conversation. Dale. Did that guy ever hear about San Bernardino? Yeah, I've heard about that. That was a government worker. What's wrong with that picture? How far was that judge's head up no, his butt? No, none of okay? the attacks that have he happened. He, yeah, you can't like listen if you keep talking. Here no more. Do Dale. you? Hey, Dale, are you wanting to have a conversation, or are you just wanting to rant without anybody responding? I think he no, just I'm wants not going to rant. I'm just telling you the facts, okay? Uh, here, here are some like facts, Dale. Here are some facts. I know he's not going to listen, but eventually you're going to put him on mute. Yes, I am going to put him on hold right now. So here are some facts. 
of all of the attacks that have happened on American soil, none of them have been from anyone from any of those seven countries that are on Trump's banned list. That's right. So nobody from Iran, from Syria, from Yemen, from Libya, uh, Sudan, Somalia, and was the other one Iraq? Ooh, uh, yeah, Iraq, I think, might have been on that list. Yeah, not, none of the attacks that have happened yeah. on American soil since at least 1975 included people from any of the seven countries that are affected. <laughs> he was you know, still talking. Hey, I, I just brought him back. not liberation. Dale, did you hear a word that uh, Dale just said to you? I want our border. Hey, hell yes, deportation, buddy. Okay, so this is the level of discourse that uh, we should be expecting from Trump supporters. Legal Mexicans in this country are getting welfare, government assistance, getting Social Security, and they're not even supposed to be here illegally. Well, then except that's not really true. Crimes, they go run to these sanctuary cities. Yeah. With actually, they, they don't commit yeah. crimes at a higher rate, if anything. And there's actually studies that show this. That immigrants, he can't whether be bothered here with that. legally or illegally, actually wind up decreasing and stabilizing crime rates. Yeah, you've got that in show prep. We haven't actually gotten to the details on that one. Um, but, you know, if, if this is what we're supposed to expect from the Trump supporting contingent, uh, you know, we can't even get a word in edgewise to explain to Dale that no, not only do we not support Donald Trump, but we also didn't support Barack Obama or George W. Bush or Bill Clinton. I mean, we're not. Right. So. Ardent supporters of Republicans are just like ardent supporters of Democrats. They don't want these pesky things called facts to get in the way of whatever they want. No doubt. Uh, They want what they want, and they'll make up the facts to wind up supporting as uh, Sean Spicer, the spokesman for the White House. House, We're just giving alternative facts. We're not lying to you. You know, it was funny too. We're because just giving you alternative facts. Well, you, here's the actual facts. Yeah. Well, when you pointed out to Dale at the very beginning of his call that you didn't support Obama either, he then just completely ignored oh, so you you're a Democrat. and said you you must be a Democrat. I mean, how does that even how is that even possible? Right there he is. Come on. There he is. Just ranting. Just I no, mean, I'm were you just ranting. talking I'm the just whole time? You. Okay. Were you I'm just like talking the whole Trump. time? I put you I on hold. The way it is, I speak the truth, and nobody controls me. Okay. Sure, we That's do. You get the hold button. Now, we're not controlling you because you can continue to uh, talk as you've been doing as we've put you on hold. The only reason we're doing that is so it can at least sound like a conversation to the people listening. So we actually have the opportunity to respond to this ranting madman uh, who is on the phone right now who wants in no way, shape or form to actually have a human conversation. And I I loved how he pulled a line from Donald Trump. I'm not ranting. (laughs) What is it? There What's the matter? Is. You guys can dish it out. You can run all this crap down. But when somebody calls you and confronts you about stuff, all you sit back there with a little yellow stripe down your back. Why don't you put red, white, and blue stripes on your back? Be an American for a change, all right? Stand up. What does that, that be, even you don't mean? Give a crap about the American. And you also, know? all of the weird things that you've thrown out as facts are not true. Oh, give me a break, you idiot. Oh, my God. He listened to you. You're an idiot. You're an idiot. You know? And that's uh, what you get. Name calling. That's what I, you I've get, Daryl. An article in front of me. Information uh, from that who? Who was, is it? From who? 
Ars Technica wrote the article. It's from the Journal of Ethnicity and Criminal Justice that shows that over the last 40 years, immigrants have actually caused a decrease in crime rates because they commit crimes at a lesser rate than people that are born here. People like you, Dale, people like you that are born here wind up committing crimes at a higher rate than people that move here. All right, I've had about enough of Dale. Thanks for the call. Toll-free number 855-450-FREE. It's a fact, so yes, I expect you to believe it. Well, I mean, just because you are uh, behind a microphone making a claim doesn't necessarily mean that it's a fact. But he could check your claim should he want to actually take the time to research the thing that you're saying. You gave him the citation. Yes. You gave him the, you know, the allegation. You're saying it's a fact. They're saying they've done this study. Somebody who wanted to, who actually was interested in some level of intellectual honesty, could check your claim. But Dale just wants to yell. And he wants to call names. If, and If they're curious about yeah. the study that Ars Technica is reporting on, the title of it is Urban Crime Rates and the Changing Face of Immigration Evidence Across Four Decades. And we've also seen that, contrary to his claim that they're collecting all this welfare and social security, we've also seen that there's actually a lot of uh, immigrants who pay into taxes by using, let's say, someone else's social security number, who never collect on the taxes that they're paying into the system. Right. And even when you factor in any sort of you know supposed handouts that they are receiving with all of the taxes that are being paid that you know are being paid under a fraudulent use of a social security number shall we say yeah because they have to immigrants to are a net benefit to the economy they're they sure a net are. benefit to the governments not that i want there to be net benefits to any of the governments right. but but they are that's the facts so the toll-free number, if you want to join us here, 855-450-FREE. Now, we like to have conversations on Free Talk Live where one side says something and then the other side says something in response. You don't have to agree in order to get on the air. I prefer to have a confer- you know, a conversation where there are differing opinions. Uh, that's the kind of thing I prefer to have. But just shouting into the phone and calling names is not going to uh, result in any sort of growth for... Uh, for anybody. Yeah. So Sounds like Dale needs a safe space. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. And, of course, you can take control of the airwaves here on Free Talk Live, even if you are a shouting madman. This is Free Talk Live, live Sunday show. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up what you want here, live Sunday edition of the program. You dial in toll-free and join us, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Perhaps you've thought thought about starting up your own website or blog. Well, now you've got 50% more reasons to do it. 50% off of regular hosting prices at HostGator, one of the top web hosting companies out there with a 99.99% uptime rating. That's not rated by them. That's rated by Web Hosting Stuff, which is a company that is uh, constantly looking at the uptime of the various different hosts out there. Uh, But not only is it technically proficient hosting, but also they make it easy. They've got a simple one-click easy installation for WordPress, 24-7 over the phone or live chat tech support and a very intuitive and user-friendly control panel that puts the power of creation and the simplicity of use into your hands. You get 50% off 
by going to hostgator.com slash FTL. That's hostgator.com slash FTL. That's FTL like free talk live. As we continue with you in studio, it's me, Ian. Me, Johnny Ray. And Daryl. Back to your calls and thoughts. We go to Kyle. He's in Little Rock, Arkansas. Uh, listening, he doesn't know how. Kyle, you uh, listening on the radio? Yeah, I'm on the radio traveling uh, back towards Little Rock, and I just have to pick this show up. All right, so, excellent. Uh, You're on the air. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I was calling in because the guy I, right before, I guess, a guy Dale or something was debating about whether that wasn't uh, a debate. Americans, that, that, oh, well, whatever it was, yeah. that was just know, him uh, shouting. Whether an American, yeah, okay. Well, an American citizen like me, uh, I'm a veteran, college educated, got uh, two children. I've been married 22 years. Uh, that immigrants don't commit more crimes than uh, a natural citizen like me. That's what I was wondering. So what were, what were, were you or whoever the host was saying, who commits more? Daryl, well, you have some studies, recent numbers. Studies actually indicate that native-born people in the United States commit crime at a higher rate than immigrants. And I'm going to read a brief paragraph or part of a paragraph from the research that was done that I cited. It's titled Urban Crime Rates and the Changing Face of Immigration Evidence Across Four Decades. That's a long study. Long study, and their write-up is incredibly long with a lot of footnotes. So I'm not going to read the numerous footnotes in this paragraph says a body of research suggests that immigrant settlement in inner city areas, many of which still suffer from the population declines and economic disinvestment of the 1970s, has revitalized some of these places. Consequently, it is possible that immigration reduces aggregate levels of crime by actually increasing the labor market opportunities of native-born workers and revitalizing urban neighborhoods. Skipping down to the next paragraph. So just to, cl- just to tr- uh, translate... That that means that immigrants coming in have kind of a, uh, a positive effect on the area around them. They're more yes. likely to fix up places, try to improve uh, the, the surroundings, is what you're saying? Yes, uh, reduces aggregate levels of crime and increases the economic uh, stability, it's, if you will, of the area. It's actually more common for immigrants to be entrepreneurial yes. than it is for native-born people. In Austin, Texas, for example, a metropolitan area which has experienced an increase of 580% in its immigration population between 1980 and the year 2000, researchers indicated no relationship between immigration and homicide, burglary, larceny, and motor vehicle theft. Uh, can I interject something for a minute? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, well, because the reason I'm saying I have somewhat, I guess, anecdotal evidence. I, I own properties. I'm a real estate investor in Little Rock. And, you know, there are some cases, I would say, like Hispanics, for example, Mexicans, they do fix up a lot and, and want to do like owner financing properties. But in the Little Rock area, there's been many of them that are, are victims of crime that are, you know, I guess people take advantage of them. Mm-hmm. But, my other thing is I was wondering if the study broke it down more to, like, uh, the different immigrant groups. Because to give you an example, where I live in a pretty nice area in North Florida, my neighbor that just bought the house next to me is from China. He does own his own Chinese restaurant. He's a real hard worker. But what, what I think the thing that's going on now, and we're not having so much in Little Rock as some other cities, I'm sure, but it's the, the Muslim or ISIS-connected refugees that are 
you know, causing some of that. And I know I constantly hear in the Minneapolis area, the Somali, for, for what percent of them are there, do a whole lot of crime. So I think it's got to be broken down to more, you know, you can't just say all immigrants compared to, to certain ones. I was just wondering if the study broke that down further. This particular study, not that I'm seeing, but again, I've not delved into the entire study, and I'm only reading from the abstract that they have, which is fairly lengthy in and of itself. Well, plus, I mean, I I get what you're saying, Kyle, that you're suggesting that certain uh, demographics of immigrants might be more likely to commit crimes. Like, for instance, male immigrants between the ages of 18 and 25 probably more likely to commit a crime than people in their 40s or or 50s. But Um, that applies equally to people born here to white kids in that demographic as well. Right. Males in general in that demographic are more likely to commit crimes. And I think what's most important here is that Normally, when you hear people talking about immigrants, they don't break it down into groups. They just paint with broad brushes. They just say that immigrants create crime. And so now we've got you know a study here, and this is just one. There have been more than more than this over the years. But well, uh, this is one study that, looking at a study? bunch of studies that have been done. Right. And so now that was what is that a meta study or something like that? Or, yes. So. Uh, so anyway, looking at that shows you that the opposite is true, that there's actually less likelihood of crime within immigrant populations. Uh, so even if you can break it down and find that one specific set of people from one country is more likely to commit a crime, that, again, doesn't besmirch anybody else. And further, it shouldn't besmirch the individual who's coming from that country who may not fit with that particular trend. And again, we're speculating. We don't know if anything like that exists at all. But presuming it does, uh, everyone should always be judged on an individual basis, not judged based on who, uh, you know, where they've come from, the plot of land that they were born. Don't you think, Kyle? Yeah, I, I agree with that. I do think, though, that there has to be some type of vetting to where they're basically saying when they come to the United States that they want to come to make America better. They're not coming here to kill some—I mean, I'm a veteran of the military. I, I was over in the Middle East. That they're coming here to kill me or my family. Those have no business being here if they want to come and do destruction. If they want to come here and, like you said, be an entrepreneur, grow, to help their family out, then, yeah, that's great, but— there's got to be some kind of vetting done to separate those that want to come well, the here people and kill you or me or somebody. You know? Well, you know, you, you sit down somebody and you ask them that they're probably not going to admit to you that they're they're planning on killing anybody. Um, and if I'm not, tell me if I'm mistaken about this one, guys. But isn't it true that the people who have committed the whatever few acts of terror that we've had here in the United States, they've all gone through the legal processes, the Boston bombers. Uh, for instance, the people who hijacked the planes on 9-11, yep. uh, they've all gone through these processes. The people who the FBI has set up with uh, bombs and things like yeah. that, the 200-plus times the FBI has basically created terrorism. Uh, those this, were- guy, this guy, Josh Cummings, who who murdered a an airport security guard in Denver. Is this recent, right? This January, January 31st. He was a homegrown, radicalized Muslim uh, terrorist. He was on the FBI watch list, but they, that didn't save anybody from his murders. Hey, the Kyle, San thanks for the call, man. Shooters I appreciate were it. Government employees. That's right. And they killed other government employees. The toll free number here, 855 450 free. That's 855 450 3733. If the government can't keep the potential murderers out of its own ranks, how is it? that you expect them to keep them out of the country. It's Free Talk Live. 
There are lots of ways to listen to Free Talk Live. Our podcast has been around since podcasts began, and now the FTL feed is loaded with content besides our full show archives. Did you know that we make it easy for you to customize your podcast subscriptions? We have different feeds, one that includes only our full shows, one with just the Daily Digest, and one with just the Edgington Post. You decide what you listen to. It's quick and easy to customize your feeds at feeds.freetalklive.com. That's feeds.freetalklive.com. Talk Live, and it's the Live Sunday edition. You can join us here. Just dial in toll-free. Live Sunday show, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. We've got Skype. If you would like, you may Skype in at Skype username LRN.FM. Plus, I do want to let you know how to shop with Free Talk Live. It's a way that you can get the stuff you want from Amazon and help Free Talk Live at the same time. Uh, you go to shop.freetalklive.com. You can enter Amazon Canada, UK, and US from that link, shop.freetalklive.com, and then just order whatever it was you were going to order, and Free Talk Live will get a portion of the purchase price, whereas normally Amazon keeps it all for themselves. Uh, Free Talk Live gets a piece when you start your shopping at shop.freetalklive.com. Back to the phones. Back to the fun. Let's talk to Tom, listening in Asheville to WWNC. Hello, Tom. Hey, guys. How are you? Hey, what's on your mind tonight, Tom? Hey, uh, great show. Thanks. I hear it all the time, but when I do, I enjoy it. Um, looking at the just the field of the different parties and everything after this last election, and seeing I'm not a libertarian by, by party. I would consider myself probably, if you can nail down what libertarian is anymore, mm. um, the, uh, I would consider myself a classical libertarian, I guess, as far as... Um, most issues go, but I, I can't find myself a place in the party just because it's it's a wide, wide tent. And I think this election has shown just how wide it is. There's folks that are on the left uh, going joining the Libertarian Party. There's folks on the right joining the Libertarian Party, mm-hmm. and so it's 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 in deepening the uh, the pool. And I see the Libertarian Party growing. Uh, more ballot access, more percentages as far as votes um, than we've seen in any other election uh, in recent history, uh, maybe in history as far as a, a Libertarian Party's on the ballot. Yep. But what do you see? Are, are, have you guys seen this as far as a move from the disenchanted Republicans, the disenchanted Democrats, and those going toward the Libertarian Party? Because there has been growth, um, even as with all the different type things going on within the party and at the different primary issues and the uh, just ridiculous things, you know, been getting uh, naked on stage and everything else and all the <laughs> bizarre stuff, all the other bizarre stuff that went on. I thought bring. that was the best part of the uh, the convention. <laughs> it may have been, and that, that's sad, but uh, <laughs> I just, I, I don't, I don't have a home and uh, mm. the, uh, as far as a party, and uh, I, was, I, I want Daryl to answer this because he's the most active within the Libertarian Party nationally. You actually ran for president, uh, the presidential nomination for the yes. Libertarian Party. You did not win. Uh, Gary Johnson, who is not a principled person, uh, did win, unfortunately. But uh, what do you, I mean? What are your thoughts with regards to what Tom said there, Daryl? I, I 
to some extent agree, and it seems more you know disenchanted Republicans joining the party than necessarily disenchanted Democrats, because there's this mistaken belief that libertarians are, uh, as I've heard it, quote-unquote, more natural allies with conservatives. Which doesn't make sense to me because, you know, I disagree equally with conservatives Mm. as I do with supposed liberals. It's just that we're disagreeing on different things. Uh, Now, I I will say that, you know, if we're talking about economic issues and economic issues only, then, yes, we'll agree a little bit more with conservatives than we will with liberals. But if we're talking social issues, we're going to agree more with conservatives you know, liberals than we will with conservatives. So there's not this, we are more natural allies with either. We should be, you know, allies with both on the things where we agree. And people coming into the party should understand what libertarian philosophy actually means. Uh, But if you look back solely at the presidential candidates for the Libertarian Party over the last decade and a half, you will see that it has been former Republicans that wind up getting that nomination. Now, how much of that has to do with the fact that those people had name recognition versus the fact that those people were former Republicans? Because also in 2008, a lot of people forget that Mike Gravel, former, I believe, senator from Alaska— Former Democratic, uh, I know he was in Congress, I think it was a senator, uh, he had also sought the Libertarian Party's nomination yeah, in 08, but wound up, Bob Barr wound up getting the nomination there. And I think part of that had to do a little bit with the fact that Barr had a little bit more history in the party than Gravel did. Was it close? Uh, Gravel was not close okay uh mary ruart actually came really close she's a real libertarian though she's a real libertarian all right tom uh go ahead and and see the 2008 um i actually registered republican in 2008 just so i could campaign for ron paul because bob Barr just turned my stomach yeah but on many issues i just i just i I like him. He's on the same level with Gary Johnson, just for different reasons for me. Yep. But um, but then and, there are know, other so people, and should be pointed out that Bob Barr and Wayne Root, who was the, the VP, candidate. VP in 08, they have both returned to the Republican Party. <laughs> Didn't Bill Well do that too, or is he still a libertarian? Uh, as far as I know, he's still a libertarian. I thought I heard something about him going back to the Republicans. But, uh, I, I know he gave an interview just before the presidential election saying that he hopes to rebuild the Republican Party while wearing his libertarian hat. Yeah, yeah, Tom, I, I share the frustration here. Uh, I'm somebody else who's been involved with the Libertarian Party. I actually resigned in 2008. I had a life membership. I resigned because of the frustration with them continually uh, leaning away from their principles, and the, you know, I actually pulled out before they nominated Bob Barr. But then that happened, and I was like, "Yep, glad I resigned," because uh, I would not want to be associated with that particular character. 
and I've never joined them since. I have joined the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire because uh, Daryl is the chairman of that party right now and has kind of raised it from the ashes along with Roger Paxton, who's another very principled libertarian. And we've also got a wonderful membership director who has done an amazing job of getting us, I think, like 30 members in the last four months. Right. The convention's coming up in uh, in March, and it actually looks like— from yesterday. It looks like there's going to be more people at that convention than I've ever seen at a Libertarian Party convention in New Hampshire in the yes. last decade. So things are looking up for the New Hampshire Libertarian Party. It's a principled party that actually adheres to the principle. And the principle of the Libertarian Party still exists, although there are some people who want to abolish it. And, it, and for listeners that don't know, when you join the Libertarian Party, you have to sign a statement. It's not just that you, you, know, you give them money. You have to sign a statement that says that you don't support or initiate or excuse me support or advocate the initiation of force to achieve political or social goals and that is essentially the non-aggression principle as stated by the libertarian party um, but the sad thing is a lot of people have signed that statement and then completely ignored it and that's why we are uh, you know the party is as bad off as it is today in my opinion right and i, and I, I just in, in our in my state i've looked into the state party and i'm more satisfied with what i see there overall but it still seems to be a huge, just a huge gap between a the college age. We know everything, and we're right, and everybody's wrong. And it's like all the kids in school that got put in the lockers now got on to libertarianism, and it's the cool, off thing to be. And they're just nerdy bullies. And then the other end is the complete more libertines, but they still are calling themselves libertarians. In a in a full out mass anarchist way, and so there's this huge like bipolar. Interesting, and, and there's just a big there's a broad gap in the middle which doesn't seem to be any of the leadership, and so the, all the leadership seems to swing heavily one way or the other, and uh, not much of a not much of a Goldwater or uh, you know just a not much even really if you just go by the libertarian philosophy as you just talked about these are some of the uh, these are these are some of the frustrations of running a public political party any a-hole can join the party and start waving the flag of the party and there's really very little that uh, can be done about it it's one of the reasons why i moved to new hampshire because there are a bunch of different ways you can get involved in changing things for more freedom here we can talk about that coming up thanks for your call tom i appreciate it It's Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free here. Our number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Skype username is lrn.fm. With you tonight, you've got Ian. Johnny Ray. And Daryl. We also have Skype. So you can Skype in here at username lrn.fm. And you can bring up anything that you want. It is the live Sunday edition. We just had a gentleman on the line from uh, Asheville calling about frustrations with the Libertarian Party, feeling like there are a bunch of people that you know he doesn't necessarily identify with who are kind of in charge of or fighting over control over the party. People that he described as uh, like the libertine types, and then also you know what was the other thing like conser- conservatives basically. Yeah, and he also mentioned. Uh- the fat guy that got naked on stage, even though 
technically he was not fully naked. He was wearing he was a wearing like a thong, thong. Uh, tuxedo thong. Uh, luckily, I was not in the room when it happened, although I did wind up getting blamed for it, even though I had no clue that it was going to happen. Uh, I, I love being blamed for things that I'm not in any way responsible for. Stop destroying the libertarian movement, Daryl. Um, so anyway, the uh, th- there are problems with the Libertarian Party, and that's one of the reasons why I left it, uh, the national one, back in 2008. Um, I'm I'm working with the libertarian one in in New Hampshire because they are more principled. They seem to be more true to their principles, and I appreciate that. Um, and I'm you know I'm all about spreading the principles of liberty. And if the libertarian party at the national level refuses to do that, then they're not going to have my support. But I was telling our caller there, and we're going to get right back to your calls and thoughts here in a moment. But I, d- I did mention that the reason, one of the reasons I moved to New Hampshire was out of frustration with the Libertarian Party. I wanted to gather together with other like-minded individuals who are willing to actually do something to achieve liberty in our lifetime. And it turns out that this is a really great idea, not just because of the aspect of we're concentrating libertarians in one geographic area, and so therefore we have a greater influence uh, in the political system here, that's a major reason to do it. But also because in New Hampshire, if you're a liberty-minded person, there are a bunch of different ways that you can get involved in something. So if working within a political party is a turnoff to you, well, there's a lot of other things that you can do. The, the yes. New Hampshire Liberty Alliance, for instance, Daryl, you're involved with this group. Uh, you're one of their bill reviewers. You'll yes. go through and you'll read the proposed legislation every year. And actually, you're their number one bill reviewer the last time you checked. Yes. Uh, so you go through legislation because you like to read it for some reason. Uh, it's, a, it's a rare trait, and I'm glad that you have it. But you actually go through and read these bills and... Uh, basic kind of a, they have this system that you use that you score certain aspects of it is whether or not it's freedom right. you, friendly you answered questions of does this increase personal responsibility or decrease or not applicable and you know there, there are some of the things to where it's not going to be applicable right so you you don't necessarily have to mark one or the other for every question uh was the bill written honestly and clearly or is it kind of vague does it uh create some sort of confusion yeah so if the bill said uh no one named ian is allowed to do x well that's very honest and clear in what they're writing but not freedom would not be a pro-freedom bill right so you score these bills and that's one of the things that you do but there's a bunch of other ways people can get involved maybe there's a specific issue that you really care about gun rights or homeschooling or you know you fill in the blank uh, hemp uh there are different groups that may or may not be libertarian of hemp there was a really good uh industrial hemp bill that passed through the house i believe it was last week that just says industrial hemp shall not be considered a controlled substance. Right. So you can get in, you can get involved with those groups. Now they won't all be libertarians, but that's okay. They're still working in the direction you want to go on right. those groups. So I'm just giving examples of some of the ways people can get involved here. What I'd also, recommend, Ian, I, I would like to add and suggest to you and Daryl and Tom that. Becoming involved in politics is a waste of your time. Yep, Johnny Ray does not do any of that stuff. Um, I think that the government is its its purpose is to mulk you for money, mm-hmm. and they're you know going to pat you on the head and congratulate you for participating, but you're not going to get anywhere with it. Well, and yet, and yet, and I have no yeah. desire to um, to to participate in um, uh, Pro hemp lobbying right. or anything like that, and yet I wouldn't live in any other state 
because New Hampshire is a pro is more is relatively pro freedom and uh, the government here does tend to be smaller. It does tend to be more frugal than uh, than other governments. There's a tradition here. Uh, that that I think harkens back to the the founders who right. weren't perfect, but there is there is more freedom here in New Hampshire. I feel it, and I like being here because of that. Well, I mean, as somebody who is uh, as you are, Johnny Ray, you're outside of the system completely. Um, you won't even vote, actually. But to have you acknowledge that about the sort of the apparatus of the state here, it's not as offensive of a state in a lot of ways as some others. But it still has its problems. I mean, marijuana prohibition is still happening here. Uh, Hopefully that'll change to some extent this year. There's some possible change blowing in the winds uh, politically on that. But thankfully, if if it weren't for the people who are involved in the political system, Johnny Ray, it would go towards more tyranny faster because there are always the statists who always want to push more and more government down our throats. I don't think so. They are there. I've seen them in the state house. Sure. They're there. Yeah, but I think that they would be more influenced our direction if we ignored them and didn't pay attention to them and instead Focus your energies. It's hard t- to ignore the tax man when he's coming around threatening to throw you out of your home, Johnny Ray. And I, I believe it was Calvin Coolidge that once said, and I have to agree with him, it's better to stop bad legislation than to pass good legislation. Okay. And that's my primary focus as a lobbyist is to try to stop the bad stuff. Mm-hmm. Because if you can stop the bad stuff from happening, then, you know, like we can kind of deal with the rest of it. Right. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, I think that the way that the legislators behave is based on the paradigm that we have in the U.S. and all over the world that government is okay and and stealing from people is okay if enough people vote for it and they're living under the idea that what they're doing is okay and what am i trying to say here i'm not exactly sure but but participating with them getting into arguments with them uh makes them feel better makes them feel more important and if and i see a world where people do not pay attention to them and they're still there and they're still mm-hmm. in power but they don't feel they don't feel as good about what they do anymore because uh because they're being ignored they're being ignored and yeah. and they can't get away from what they are i love that vision i mean i love the idea of people ignoring the state but i've seen what happens when people try it and uh, for instance our buddy pete air from coplock mm-hmm. he was so frustrated with the the system that he just decided he was going to ignore it and he was not going to pay uh, whatever ticket that he had received. I forget what it was. But, Daryl, you ended up going and paying the ticket, didn't you? For, for yeah, Pete? because they were going to suspend his license and he was driving around driving the country. across the country. Right. I didn't want to see my friend wind up going to jail yeah. because he didn't pay this $50 ticket or whatever Because it was. we know I, what I hope happens. the two of you are no longer friends now because of that transgression <laughs> that you committed, Daryl. <laughs> That is not a transgression. He did him a favor. Look, Pete was like not wanting to show up for court, and that's going to result in a failure to appear. Uh-huh. It's going to result in a warrant for your arrest. And then men with guns, when they find you, are going to take you. They're going to kidnap you, and they're going to put you in a cage. 
And if you don't jump through their hoops to some extent, they're going to keep you in that cage. Guys, I, guys I, mean, I wish I paid, it were another way. I paid a ticket to the uh, to the state recently. Yeah, but I didn't. But but I did that because I had to because of no, the reasons. The, no, because you don't. of the reasons that you guys. Just I've never paid a to ticket me. to them. I don't go out of my way to to hang out with them and uh, and talk to them and try to convince them when they're just. They're, but you paid them. You encouraged them, Johnny Ray. Because I'm being threatened with violence. That's no excuse. That's no reason you're to not, pay them. You're not being threatened with violence. They're not going to come and throw you in jail if you don't make your weekly pilgrimages to Concord. To That's true. But when they actually do threaten me with violence, I don't pay them. And you do. I did. I and you're impugning uh, this man over here. You're, you're you know coming down on Daryl for paying uh, the man for uh, for Pete Air on behalf of somebody else to keep them out of jail. Look, look, you you don't have to pay them. You could go and sit it off in in jail as Daryl has done. I have done it once. You that's right. You did do that. I once. spent a day in jail. And um and and I will do that again. Yeah, and you know what? It's three times value more t- more valuable now because of the political system, Johnny Ray. There was an ACE, the ACLU last year supported a bill that tripled the daily value of sitting uh, fine off in jail. So it used to be fifty dollars a day. It's now a hundred and fifty dollars a day. So it's now three times more effective to go and do civil disobedience in than New it was Hampshire. previously because somebody tried to change the political system and they succeeded here. The toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE. And by the way, it wasn't even free staters who put that bill forward. It was, I think, like Democrats and some Republicans. Why did you move to the Shire? I moved here to the Shire because there's other people around who take liberty just as seriously as I do. I moved to the Shire because I saw videos of people challenging authority and thought that I could get support myself. It called to me, like, do this right now. I wanted to be around people like me who got it. And once I got here... I knew there was nowhere else that I wanted to be. I've always wanted to change the world. So I moved to the Shire to join people who were actually working towards doing the same thing. The people here are awesome, loving, and positive. It was for the adventure and for the feeling of something important is happening here. And I just wanted to come to sort of be part of that. Visit ShireSociety.com to read and sign the Shire Society Declaration and learn the reasons why if you love liberty... You should immigrate to the Shire. Plus, add yourself to the Shire map at ShireSociety.com. That's ShireSociety.com. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, and it is the live Sunday edition of the program. Of course, you can take control of the airwaves. You can bring up anything that you want. Our toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. We still have to talk about economics in one lesson. We have yet to talk about Chapter 13. So as soon as we uh, can get through your calls, if we can get through your calls, we'll do that. But your calls and thoughts come first. With you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Johnny Ray. And Daryl. We go to Eddie. He is in Albuquerque. He happens to be the program director of Kiva, our affiliate there in Albuquerque. Hey, Eddie. Hey. Uh, good evening, Ian. Thanks hey. for taking my call. Yeah. I wanted to... Uh, Go back to like the bottom of the last hour uh, when uh, you had a caller from Arkansas, and Daryl was starting to read some sort of immigration passage on the statistics, and I wanted to kind of break apart that because I think it's important. I mean, you guys are kind of loading stories, individual stories or examples, and then I'm not really getting any kind of – and I, I know Daryl probably – 
can cite this stuff and he says it's footnoted and all that kind of thing. But, you know, the stats that I have on immigration and, in, and its impact, you know, are very different from the type of thing that Daryl is talking about. So, Daryl, could you uh, recall that passage, please? Uh, which one? The part where it says a body of research suggests that immigrants settling in inner city areas, many of which still suffer from population declines and economic disinvestment from the 1970s, have revitalized some of these places? Consequently, yeah. it's possible yeah. that immigration reduces aggregate levels of crime by actually increasing the labor market opportunities of native-born workers and revitalizing urban neighborhoods. And then yeah. they cite specific examples of various locations. Uh, mm-hmm. Austin, Texas, which had an increase of 580% in its immigrant population from 1980 to the year 2000, saw mm-hmm. no relationship between immigration and homicide, burglary, larceny, or motor vehicle theft. So I think that if we go back and you actually look at some of those, you know, it's theorizing that that might likely be happening. But in the case of, you know, inner cities, and you're looking at, you know, big urban uh, inner cities and things like that, they're actually competing for the same labor. And so it sort of creates this. And I know you're an anti-tax guy, anti-government guy, uh, much like I am, Daryl. So we kind of park our cars in the same garage on that. Illegal immigration is actually a large tax on the people who are actually there paying into the system. And I'll give you just a couple of you know quick examples. The state of New Mexico has 5.6% of our labor uh, force is done by uh, illegal immigrants, uh, undocumented, if you will, whatever you want to call them. I don't care how you refer to them uh, or the PC way of doing it. But 5.6, roughly about 70,000 jobs here in the state of New Mexico, and that's pretty big. That's a pretty big burden uh, for the uh, taxpayer. Now, of course, the federal government's the one who subsists that, but we do have the Human Services Division that basically decides on who and how they hand that stuff out, and I actually visited. Hold on. I'm confused. You're you're saying that roughly 70,000 people in the workforce in New Mexico are undocumented immigrants? That's correct, yes. So how is that that a burden burden on the state taxpayers? Yeah, I'm getting to that. So what you're looking at is an unemployment rate in the state, and we have the highest in the entire country at 6.8%. So when you start to look at these numbers, that uh, that and you know our surrounding states like Colorado's 3.3 percent, Arizona's you know 3.5 percent or so, 4 percent. I don't know. They're all sub 5 percent, and of course the national average is whatever four and a half percent. They're all doing much much better around us now. If as you've seen in Texas, what's happened there with a very large economy is they have uh, really started to uh, put some pressure with the extreme vetting. Well, where do you think those undocumented or illegal immigrants are going to start going to here? Because what we do here in the state of New Mexico is if they can't work or they can't find employment, right, they end up on the dole for the SNAP benefits, the supplemental uh, nutritional uh, uh, benefits that you get. So they get that. They also can get energy assistance and they can also get cash assistance without having a social security number. You can look that up. That's the same in every single state, okay? Or same, same, same throughout the country. However, here we provide driver's licenses, and um, we are a sanctuary state to a certain degree. Santa Fe, you might see that. So we, we, we almost coddle these groups 
here in the state of New Mexico. Now, back to my point about 5.6% and the labor market in the inner cities, you've got those two groups vying for the same types of jobs. And so you've got a lot of exploitation that's happening here by companies, restaurants, uh, various other jobs that seemingly it's always saying that they don't want to do this work. So, you know, why not give it to, give it to the undocumented immigrants that they don't really have to pay in? So let me kind of show you how the underground economy. Before you uh, before you go it. on with that, though, when sure. you say exploitation, you're referring to the fact that because they're undocumented people, they're able to be easily exploited by Correct. employers who want to take advantage of them. Like, oh, yes. you'll do what I say or else I'll report you to the government kind of thing. Precisely. It's okay. actually horrible. So that's yeah, how you get the, both the, the right and the left uh, on this and why you uh, and it puts a burden on everybody because that additional um burden if they're working you know sure they're contributing to a certain level but they're also being exploited then they're not paying in so what do they do with that money and if you go to walmart right on a thursday friday night and you see people who are wiring money they have something called a money center right there Mm -hmm. and if you talk to the lady in front which i have several times i'll literally walk in and i say well you know what percentage of people are sending dollars because they're literally pulling cash out of their their pockets they're putting it down on the counter and then they're sending it to Mexico, to Central America, to other places. And they're saying anywhere from 25 to 35%. And if a Walmart center is sending out you know, $100,000 a day, if not more, just think about those dollars that are just not getting tracked, that are just sending, not coming back in, yet at the same time they can continue to um, feed their families based upon, based, based upon the um, assistance that they're getting. So uh, illegal immigration, Daryl, and I'm Glad I'm glad that you're on. I didn't realize that you were the Daryl that ran for president, but this is a huge taxation that, and it's what we as a people here in the state of Mexico are kind of getting coerced into this. We're being forced to. Yeah, of course you're coerced into it. That's the that's the tax system, right? It sounds what you're arguing against is the welfare welfare system, right? And I've actually pulled up the requirements for getting the temporary. Uh, assistance for needy families in New no, Mexico. No, 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 not, not TAMP. No, it's not TAMP. It's SNAP. So look at SNAP, and then look at look at the. Uh, no, you because you said the, cash assistance, and yes. TAMP is the cash assistance. Oh, okay. So and it you says go. you I, must I be a U.S. citizen. That your children must be U.S. citizens or have eligible alien status. Uh, you must have a social security number. Your family must earn less than a certain is, amount of money. That is incorrect. So I actually have the breakout on the chart, and immediately down the street from the radio station is the U.S. Immigration right across the street from the Human Services Division. And if you look at the grid and you walk in, it might say that explicitly on the outside and the information that you can get. But if you look at the form that they're looking at, which is both in Spanish and English, you do not need a social security number and you do not have to be a U.S. citizen. That is absolutely the case. And here's the here's the problem, Daryl. The problem is, is the problem is that these programs exist in the first place. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. But, you know, it, it, it exists for people who need it. Right. I mean. We want it, but we just don't want it to be abused. But no, we don't. I don't want it. We don't I, want it for anybody. I want. I want uh, charity <laughs> to take the place of welfare. I want it to. I agree. To, to, to where you know only the people who are voluntarily willing to help are are the ones who are helping, not people who are coerced 
or threatened or forced uh, into helping. And right. uh, you know, if you want to hang on and continue the conversation, you're welcome to. Otherwise, yeah, I know please. you've got I know you've got guests, so I don't know if you want. Okay, so you do want to stick with us, all right? So hang on. Uh, we're going to continue with uh, Eddie, and you're running for mayor in Albuquerque, are you not? Uh, any candidate for mayor who is involved with. Uh, public media whatsoever cannot state whether or not he is doing so. <laughs> That's interesting. That's uh, very different from here in New Hampshire where none of those rules apply. <laughs> they don't force you to get off the radio or anything it's like called, that. It's called electioneering. Yep. Okay. So you may or may not be running for mayor. Rumor has it that uh, Eddie might be running for mayor, but we don't really know because we're not there and he can't confirm. So more with Eddie, who is definitely the owner and program director of Kiva. We can say that, right? You can. All right, we're coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, live Sunday edition. You may dial in toll-free. Take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. We do have Skype, and you may Skype in at username lrn.fm. Most of the time, you're going to sound better uh, than you will if you're just calling up on a regular old phone. Although sometimes Skype can be a little janky if you've got a bad internet connection. You know, you, you'll drop packets and that's a bad thing. Um, and also, you probably want to avoid using like Bluetooth or uh, speaker phones. And we've uh, we've done some, uh, hopefully, some uh, work behind the scenes to hammer out some of the audio issues we were having there with uh, with Eddie in uh, Kiva Land. He's in Albuquerque. He's the program director and the owner of Kiva, which is a longtime affiliate here on Free Talk Live. Uh, and you know, Eddie, uh, just as an aside, we've had somebody call in recently trying to uh, you know talk about your beliefs. And, uh, you know, without you being on the line and you know, pointing out how different you are from Free Talk Live. And I was like, well, that's just a credit uh, to Eddie. The fact that that we can have differing beliefs and that Eddie is still having us on his radio station shows to me that he's a good program director and knows good, entertaining content when he hears it, whether or not he agrees with it. So I just wanted to say thank you for that. Yeah, not thank you so much for saying that. And not to mention you guys uh, have are tremendously polite uh, and uh, the talk is invigorating, and this is a libertarian uh, talk. And uh, prior to uh, the top of the hour, you guys were talking about basically herding cats. And Daryl, you were running for president under the libertarian uh, mantle. And I got to say, you know, libertarian party, it's a bit of an oxymoron. I'm not surprised Ian left. This is the home of libertarianism, but uh, I can tell you this the principles that, uh, that should be guiding it aren't guiding it for the last two elections from 16 to back to 12. And it really would be nice if the Libertarian Party could reestablish itself and uh, I look forward to real libertarians running for the mantle as opposed to kind of the Johnny-come-latelys. Yeah, totally I agree. completely agree. So one of the things we were also agreeing on was that the government welfare system is really the source of a lot of the animosity towards uh, towards immigrants who are coming here. But unfortunately, what what happens, and I don't know where you were going to go, but you can go that, wherever that was here in a moment, uh, Eddie. But, you know, unfortunately, what happens is people, even though they can identify that welfare is the problem, they don't believe that it can ever be, you know, eliminated. So they sort of accept that welfare is going to continue. And then they advocate for an increase in the police state uh, as sort of their solution to handling their perceived problem of immigrants who are taking welfare, even though, as we found a lot of immigrants actually pay into the system and don't uh, take anything out of it. But regardless, you know, they, they place the blame where it really doesn't belong. The blame belongs with the state. But people are so defeated and they believe that you can't fight City Hall, as it said. So they not only accept the welfare state, but then they argue, uh, argue 
for a greater police state as the supposed solution. So you end up getting impoverished and then enslaved, and that's no good. Yeah, so there's two solutions, right? The first is to eliminate the welfare state, and that uh, is a lot harder to do than the first solution, which is to lighten the load and the burden, which uh, I don't, I disagree with the fact of the burden. Uh, we actually have metrics. We know who and what and how, uh, and that they can, despite what you see explicitly on websites, implicitly within the confines of the Human Services Department. It's a much different story. And I actually have multiple callers who have called in uh, who actually work for the division who have spent, who have said directly to me, we have to turn elderly senior citizens away, all these other people, but undocumented people can continue to be on until their children are the age of 18, and they actually don't even have to prove the age. So it is a, just, just a huge burden. That's not the direction you know I wanted to go with the conversation, so let me just kind of okay. final, final point with, with this, and that is it's a coercive tax by not upholding the law and I realize, you know, I mean, I'm a Bastiat guy on law, just like you guys are. And I'm glad that you guys are talking about economics in one lesson. I mean, we're talking about free market approaches to things, and we are being coerced as a state where we can't afford it. We already have a pyramid in gross receipts tax. Our people here in the state of New Mexico are taxed to death. And literally, they are forcing people due to votes and political coercion, as well as political correctness, which is a sort of a, a tyranny of the the left, you know, a little liberal fascism that's coming on right here because they're getting people to buy into this economic system of dependency. And it's happening generationally and has been happening generationally now where the liberals actually control everything here in the state from top to bottom, as well as the votes on both ends. We are now approaching a period here in the state where we could end up filing bankruptcy within the next two to three years. That is a reality here for us. Now, if only governmental bankruptcy happened the same way that business bankruptcy <laughs> sure. they had to sell their assets and where sell off all the assets <laughs> and then the business ceases to exist doesn't work that way with them though they yeah. no, it emergency Indeed. managers the, yep the tax and spend liberals who are now up in you know the oldest capital in the country santa fe are, are actually just figuring out more ways to uh pummel businesses so we have a burgeoning and blossoming microbrewery industry you have a blossoming you know, tobacco industry, they're going after that. They want to tax every single beer 25%. Well, all of these entrepreneurs who are making microbrewers and, uh, and, and winning awards and things like that are now going to be moving to other states sure or something they will. like that were to pass. But they continue to pass these unbelievable Oh, yeah, taxes. they double down. They, I mean, we've, yeah, they seen do. that, we've seen they, that everywhere. I mean, it's not, it's not just uh, New Mexico. It's, you know, it happens all over the place where, oh, what's that, an economic downturn? Well, let's just keep the tax rate the same, even though people right. are you know, having a tougher time affording things because we are the bureaucrats and we must continue at our current levels of consumption no matter what happens to our victims, no matter what happens to the people that we're uh, essentially parasitic off of. And it's it's tragic. And it's it especially hurts New Mexico because you guys are already one of the worst economies in the we United States. We are the States. worst economy. We are, we are almost as bad as Puerto Rico. I don't know. I thought uh, Mississippi are, was worse off than you guys. We are not. No. we uh, At least Mississippi is uh, trying to push in the other direction. West Virginia is as well. Our labor participation rate, our dependency. Uh, we're, we're in a serious crisis here in the state of New Mexico with no real leadership other than people who uh, come from other states and tell us and read the liberal book uh, for generations. It's, it's unfortunate, but I really do think that things are going to be changing around, uh, Ian. And I appreciate what you do. 
Daryl, I appreciate what you do, and uh, thanks for taking my call. Hey, Eddie, thanks for coming on, uh, talking with us. Always welcome to uh, to hear from you. You're like the most callingest program director I think that we've ever had, and I enjoy, <laughs> I enjoy it. So uh, I love talk radio. Yep. That's why that's why I do radio. Good for you. Hey, thanks, brother. Uh, looking forward to uh, hearing good news from you about uh, new station changes and stuff like that. We'll talk to our listeners about that when it All happens. Right, appreciate your call tonight. Uh, more coming up here. Your calls and thoughts also welcome. Our toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. Let's go to Scott. He's in Charleston. South Carolina, you're on Free Talk Live listening to WTMA. Hello, Scott. Hey there, how you doing? What's on your mind tonight? Well, uh, that study you were talking about for the bottom of the hour, and Eddie brought it back up about uh, immigrants. And, yes, sir. Uh, yeah, I, um, I was kind of shocked to hear you guys bring it up. It's the first time I've heard it brought up and when it wasn't in an overtly racist context um normally it's uh used by racists so you say you've researched it uh, i didn't do the research i'm no. reading a report you're reading a, a study about studies you're reading a study that has examined multiple studies over a period of four decades four decades yes. hold on scott we'll bring you back here you can continue your thoughts stick with us uh more with scott in charleston you can also call the show and dial in toll free here our number 855-450-FREE that's 855-450-3733 you can take control of the airwaves here This is Free Talk Live and the live Sunday show. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. It is Free Talk Live. Dial on in toll-free here. Join us and take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever you want on the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live with you in studio tonight. It's me, Ian. Me, John and Ray. And Daryl. We've got Skype. Skype on in here. Skype username lrn.fm. As we continue, we're going to go back to your calls and thoughts. also want to let you know about saveitpurse.com. Saveatpurse.com. You want to save on your purchases at Amazon? And I mean save big time, 20%, maybe even more, 25%. That's what I've been saving recently on my purchases uh, over at Amazon by using Save It Purse. And the way you do it is you have to have Bitcoin or some other relatively popular alternative to Bitcoin, one of the other cryptocurrencies, uh, because they do have a shapeshift integration in the site over at saveitpurse.com. But if you've got Bitcoin, you can buy stuff at Amazon at huge discounts, and it works it sounds too good to be true, but this one is for real. You really can save 25%. I just did uh, on some recent purchases. Daryl, I think you saved 23% on a yes. recent purchase. So it's up to you. You decide your discount. If you're in a rush, you can save 5% instantly with Purse Instant and get some prime uh, shipping benefits out of that as well. It's really an amazing uh 
amazing deal, and I've been yes. using it for more than two years. You really owe it to yourself if you have cryptocurrency to check out SaveItPurse.com. If you don't yet have cryptocurrency, you should check it out anyway, and then go get some cryptocurrency because this is uh, a number one reason in my book to use it. Let's go to uh, back to Scott. He's in Charleston, South Carolina. You were calling regarding the study of studies that Daryl was sharing with us that looked at four decades worth of studies about immigration and crime rates, illegal immigration specifically, and uh, and crime rates. And uh, you I, wanted- I don't think they were you know discriminating based on legal or uh, illegal okay. in this study, but just immigrants looking at just immigrants, immigrants okay. in total. Um, because the claim right. by a lot of people is immigrants come in here and increase crime rates. That's true. And, well, and Johnny Ray, you made an interesting point during the break that I thought was worth making on the air about, you know, why would an immigrant come here if they're being looked yeah, for? It, it, when the argument is made that uh, that immigrants take more in welfare or take loads and loads in, in welfare and take more than they give back, it uh, defies logic. To me, because I feel like an immigrant, an illegal immigrant who's worried about deportation, is is not going to be going to offices and filling out forms and and visiting government officials uh, on a weekly basis. Anyway, Scott, go ahead with your thoughts. Well, the times I've seen this study used, again, it was used overtly to support a racist point of view or contention. And it was couched that uh, whenever immigrants come, legal or illegal, and displace black people in uh, an urban area, it's an improvement that blacks, that these groups are less violent than blacks and more industrious. And so I just never took it seriously. It just seemed like something that. You you know, started out with a conclusion and then just look for data to support it. I, I'm I not haven't researched anything. it or run it down, but I, I, that's, I've only seen it used in that context, to, again, as, as a racist. Hmm. Right, and I, I'm not seeing anything here saying that the immigrants are displacing anyone by moving into certain cities. Are they talking about just... Well, they're uh, not moving into new housing. I mean, they're not moving into brand new buildings. Mm-hmm. Right, it's hard to afford that. You said when they come in, a, when they come in they're, they're moving into existing buildings. And improving the neighborhood uh, was one of That's the things. What, that was the phrase. That was yeah, the I don't phrase, think they specifically the were, uh, at least I didn't hear that, uh, that, I haven't read the study, but I don't think they're in, indicting any particular race or, or urban population well, that, or anything like right, that. And I, oh, you guys time, didn't say that, but I, I'm just saying that's the way I've seen it used. The, the last time I um, drove through. to hear you guys talking about it. The last time I drove through an inner city, I saw a lot of vacant buildings. So just because people are moving into the inner city doesn't mean that they're displacing somebody. It could just mean that they're moving into things that are currently vacant. Right. And remember, immigrants don't, immigrants don't necessarily mean Hispanics. There are different oh, immigrants. Oh, I didn't say they do. Including, That's what I was saying from any part of the world. Right. So including black immigrants. Daryl, so, can I um, challenge you on something that's really driving me crazy? All right. You keep talking about these people that come in uh 
let's say illegal, undocumented, whatever you like, who take a job on the books. The ones that ha- happen to work on the books, and some do, um, and with a fake Social Security number. Mm-hmm. And that gets withheld every paycheck, and they're never going to collect a dime of that. And you think that's some big contribution. Um, you think that stimulates the economy. Mm-hmm. But you never mention that they've got one or two kids in school at nine or $10,000 a head. And no matter how much Social Security is withheld, it's never going to make up for their kids in school or the family's emergency room visits or a myriad of other things that the government is going to pay for. So I, I think that's a... Uh, dead on arrival there well, well, I, I don't it, think i ever said that you know they're stimulating anything what i have said is studies show, game. studies show that they pay more into the system than they collect that's different than saying they're stimulating the economy well, and that's also dis- different than saying that because you know, they don't collect when they are sending their kids to school, but that does cost. So, I mean, Scott may be on to something there. story here from U.S. News from March of last year. Immigrants that are illegally in the United States collectively contributed nearly $12 billion, or rather collectively contribute nearly $12 billion each year to state and local coffers, according to a new report. The study from the Institute on Taxation and Economic Policy found that immigrants in the U.S. without legal permission kick in billions of dollars in the form of income tax, property tax, sales tax, and other excise taxes. And then... Because if they are paying rent... Somewhere down in here, it does wind up saying that you know they're contributing more than what they're receiving. And I think what they do include in here is the benefit of that government-subsidized education. So, go ahead, Johnny. I I would like to say, Scott, that uh, public schooling is a a kind of welfare, and the fact that the the American populace is being, um, uh, can I say, raped? Yeah, you just did. They're 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 having they're having their 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 wealth confiscated from them to pay for these social programs and we shouldn't blame the immigrants because you, you shouldn't blame the immigrants because you're because because a federal bureaucrat is stealing from you or the local I'm ones. not blaming I'm not blaming them we're talking about assigning costs this is a cost accounting okay assigning the costs where the costs occur well, the costs the, the the costs are the that's the, property the, tax. That's yeah. the, that's where the schools are being funded from. Those are the local bureaucrats who are threatening to t- to steal your home from you if you don't pay whatever arbitrary amount of money that you want. Here in Keene, New Hampshire, it's more than half of the property tax bill goes to the government schools that I object to, and I would prefer to not have to pay for. But ultimately, whether they're giving it to uh, a bunch of native-born people or immigrants, I find it obje- equally as objectionable. Personally. Because and it's taxes. The average cost per student in Keene is about twenty thousand dollars per year. How many houses in Keene have property tax of twenty thousand dollars per year? More than you'd think, but uh, you not know, not many. 
eh, this one's six thousand dollars, which isn't twenty, but it's only a two hundred thousand dollar house. So I would say anything in the five hundred thousand or up range, you'd probably be looking at uh, at twenty thousand. Right, but it's nowhere near the number of houses that are anywhere close to the number of students that we have. Hey, Scott, is my point. Thanks for the call, man. Thank I appreciate you, the conversation. Uh, the toll free number here eight fifty five four fifty free. And by the way, I did pull up the story I was talking about, which also is about Hispanics and crime rates and immigrants. Uh, it's in the American Conservative magazine. It's exhaustive. There's no way we'll be able to share much at all from it. But look for His Panic, H-I-S hyphen Panic. Great piece from 2010. More coming up. Yeah! Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll free. 855-450 free. We'll do our best to get you on the air tonight. But if for some reason you don't get on tonight, because it's actually been pretty busy on the phones here on a live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. If we don't get you on tonight, no big deal. We do the show live seven nights a week. You can always call earlier any other night, and it's super easy to get on most nights of the week, except Saturday. Saturday's usually wall-to-wall calls. But tonight's been pretty close to uh, to wall-to-wall calls, and uh, I love it. I like it when people participate. I like the uh, the variety that you bring to the show, and it's not that I don't mind talking to you guys. You guys are great, Johnny Ray and Daryl. Um, but, you know, the callers bring the, the spice of, of life to the show, the variety that variety. Uh, the, yes that I enjoy. Uh, so you can join us here and the toll-free number 855-450-FREE. Don't forget, if you want to help support Free Talk Live. Variety the is the very bread of life, Ian. The, not the spice of life? According to me. Why is it the bread of life? Because you'll die without variety. You'll go insane and you'll die. But bread has gluten in it, hmm. and gluten is bad. Gluten, okay. it, it, gluten is not bad. Gluten is essential for all of us, and if you don't get your daily dose of gluten, Daryl, then then um, you'll 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 shrivel away to nothing. Aren't there some people who are like super sensitive to it and can't eat it? Yes. I wish that I hadn't people. interrupted you. Oh, in the middle, okay. in the middle of your, uh, in the middle of what what you were what, what you were moving on to. But they, there are gluten free forms of bread. Comment about variety and Do spice. They taste good? Does does gluten have a taste? I don't think gluten in and of itself it, has a gluten taste. Gluten has a mouth feel. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. See, I've never had a gluten free bread and never did a like a taste test comparison. Uh, between, but the, the gluten free breads don't have wheat. So they're generally mm. like potato starch or uh, uh, coconut flour. Okay. Hmm. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I'm mildly curious, but not curious enough to go out and buy a loaf of it because I, I can barely even get through a loaf of bread anyway before it starts to go moldy because I just hardly ever use bread for sandwiches or anything like that. Anyway, let's go to your calls and thoughts here rather than our uh, personal eating you, habits. You do realize that you can make things other than sandwiches with bread. With bread? What toast? <laughs> make bread bread pudding. crumbs. <laughs> what? Bread pudding. You can, you can add, make fried bread. Yeah, That's fried bread. Uh, you can you know like put it in stew. Okay. Yeah. Well, bread crumbs. No, I'm not saying crumb. Like chunks of bread. Chunks of bread in mm-hmm. stew. Croutons. Dipping. Dipping, yeah, crouton. Well, it's kind of like breadcrumbs. Yeah, yeah. All right, so uh, let's. No, croutons that's not are really like that many toast. other. That's re- not really that many other options, though, Daryl. That's like I'm just two saying other it options. doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be a sandwich. All right, let's go to uh, your calls and thoughts. We got Mike. He's on the line in Ohio on via Skype. Go ahead, Mike. 
Thanks, Ian. Yes, sir. Bread, the gluten holds the bread together. Oh. You, you could also put... Hence the name gluten. Okay. You could also put uh, sauce and cheese and make like a little bread pizza. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> so the, the, um, when, I, when I was living in Denver, Colorado, I, um, I actually called the uh, like food stamps and the, and the welfare office and you can like have a Spanish uh, speaking version. Uh, there seems to be abuse in the system. And at that time it kind of fired me up because I, I was one of these guys that was like, you know, we, we, we have to control this. We, we, we have, we have to stop this. And there definitely is abuse in the welfare system, but yeah, of course what Daryl, what, what, what you and Daryl were able to do and pull this from me over that time, which was back in, in, uh, in uh, 2015, is, is the fact that in order to, quote, unquote, stop that, you have to have a severe police state. And so once you get that in your brain, because I, because I saw the uh, corruption, and, 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 and there is, but as you say, we have to work to get rid of the welfare state. And look, any welfare re- 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 reform is a good thing. So if, if, if they're able to say, no, you're, you're, you're not a citizen, you, you shouldn't get this, then, then that's a good thing because the, the guys who are there who just come for welfare, you know, you, you can remove the uh, carrot. But then when you really study like, like uh, immigration and you start lear- you know, learning about it, you realize that, that like the uh, Irish were actually discriminated against as, as early as 130 years ago. And and those weird people who who are like Trump supporters who call in. There was a guy, I, you know, I I, I I I work from home, so I'm on the computer and I'm and I'm listening to to you guys. So I I, I listen to LRN.FM all the time, mm-hmm. and I was listening to off off the air live last night, and some guy called in and, and referenced your uh, last name and uh, was talking about your your history, and I thought to myself. Are you serious? I mean, Ian, if you're Jewish or what, or, 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 you know, whatever "quote unquote" Jewish means, how in the world does that matter? For, first <laughs> I have of all, no idea. Second of so, all, who could hold tell? on. This is the first I've ever heard about Ian being Jewish. Yeah, it's, I, I have no idea if that's true. I highly doubt it. Right. But yeah. I, 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 well, you I, did I mean, do I a DNA know. test, so you'll get yeah. those results sometime soon. It's that's going to be soon. They said like twelve weeks, so it could be half, you know, quarter year yeah. before that comes in. But I didn't. Yeah, I, I don't know anything about my history. I honestly have no idea. I right. think that my family's from France, but that's about right. all I know. Right, and 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 looking at you or looking at anyone who 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 could care? And and and, and, I, and, 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 and at first, I, I you know like, like back in the day, I was like, well, we have to stop this this immigration stuff. It's out of control. But but then you realize you have to have a police state to do that. They're going to try to spend a hundred billion dollars on on a wall and i heard ann Coulter talking about how it was great to, to, to have a wall it's she's crazy like, well she, she's like well if you you have to realize that, that we were actually founded as a as a, as 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 an english country and and, I, and i'm like wait a minute what kind of weird you know nationalistic because i have a, a irish and a, a french uh background you know we're, we're actually all uh, mixed here in in, in 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 the united states quote-unquote mixed you know mm-hmm. but 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 the, the, these people who, who like to tout, tout their uh, uh european heritage and all this it's it's like no 130 years ago the people who were english were like don't let those dirty ugly irish in here because they're not ruining society and, and then when you get that you're like wait a minute what the, wait a minute what in the world are we doing here because 100 because if, if you're on the wrong side of it you're 
you're screwed. You and know? weren't the conservatives uh, the ones cheering on Ronald Reagan for demanding that a wall be taken down? I believe Mr. Gorbachev yeah. was yes. uh, supposed to take it down. The, the wall yeah. that the East Germans called the anti-fascist protection rampart. <laughs> so they needed to build the wall to keep the fascists out of East Germany. Mm-hmm. How'd that work? But out? of course, we know that the wall was built to keep people in East Germany. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, my how times have changed. Previously, the conservative hero Ronald Reagan in favor of taking down walls, but now the default conservative position is to put up a wall. And so it's just more evidence that the conservatives, just like the liberals, don't have a shred of a a principle behind their belief system. They've got a principle. The principle is, we're not that guy. Okay, but they are those guys. I mean, they uh, they do want a lot of what the uh, the leftists want. They just couch it in different terms. Uh, they want bigger government. They just have different favorite government right. programs. They, they don't want to drive a hundred miles an hour off a cliff. They want to drive ninety miles an hour off a cliff because that's, a cut. that's safer. <laughs> well, the the the, the uh, latest thing now is the border. Adjustment tax, which Paul Ryan wants a 20% border adjustment tax on all imports coming in here. That will absolutely destroy this economy. All imports from Mexico or all imports, period? All imports, period. Good Lord. Wow. I mean, I mean that that's a quote unquote uh, conservative view. I mean, are you serious? I, 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 I mean, I mean, I, it's just amazing. Yeah, to it's me ridiculous. That people, it's so stupid, Ian. Hey, but anyway, Mike, thanks thank for you. the call tonight, man. I appreciate hearing from you. Sound great on Skype. Skype username is lrn.fm. Let's talk to David in San Francisco. You're on Free Talk Live, listening online. Hello, David. Oh, howdy. Yeah, I a um, couple of things. I um, listening to that last caller. Um, the all-American mutt. That's what we should all aspire to. There you go. Uh, the, the whole idea of these uh, master race scams is a little bit uh, creepy. Oh, yeah. You know, um, the uh, the thing I was going to raise, I don't. Uh, the headlines are now showing up about uh, how much uh, America is having to pay for Secret Service protection for Trump. And, uh, hmm. you know, they're projecting... I, I, I noticed this kind of mathematical formula when Nixon was uh, able to get $5 million a year for Secret Service protection, and his entire pension was only 200000 a year, but he was able to milk another $5 million, uh, uh, per year in wow. Secret Service protection. And so it came to this mathematical formula that the more you're hated, the more death threats you get, the more money you get. So every time he would say something stupid, he would get more money. And then, uh, and so he was basically about a 20 to 1 ratio. And Dick Cheney uh, then multiplied that when he got out. And he was well into the 100 million range, if I remember right. And now Trump is looking at, you know, two, three, four hundred million a year in, in security costs. And again, the stupider uh, he comes across, the more money we have to pay to protect him. Yeah, maybe people should stop paying taxes. Hey, thanks for the call tonight, David. Yeah. Uh, we're out of time. And but... it's not just Trump. It's Trump's family that gets the Secret Service protection as well. So, out of time. Tomorrow night, you can join us online. In the meantime, freetalklive.com. Check out Daryl at libertylobby.info, and we'll see you tomorrow. So the protection of life, liberty, and property is, is what the Free State Project is all about. But it's an, it's an effort to move 20,000 people who understand. It's about demonstrating to the entire country. That, yeah, we can have a free market, a truly free market. Making it just a freer, great place to live. It's 
the world's largest voluntarist libertarian community, and it's it's only getting bigger. That's amazing to be able to move to a place where other people like passionately believe in being free and independent. What the Free State Project is managing to do, though, is to put their money where their mouth is. It's physically getting up across the country and saying, "Let's go someplace and let's demonstrate the power of these ideas." There's a lot of kind of philosophy that surrounds liberty. There's a lot of thinking about it and talking about it. But here in New Hampshire, people are doing it. 101 Reasons Liberty Lives in New Hampshire, a documentary by Free State Project Early Movers. Watch it free at 101reasonsfilm.com. 101reasonsfilm.com.